Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Reconsider, part of the Agora Podcast Network, where we don't do the thinking for you. I actually want to get uh, a little real with everyone today about a topic that I have often just kind of like talked about in the background in kind of private conversations, um, but haven't been willing to kind of put on the record because I've been a little afraid of backlash. Um, and I realized that I'd been shying away from a commitment to challenge how we think about stuff. Um, and I didn't, and I'd been doing that out of fear because of how people could react. You know, I'm going on record. Um, and and what's interesting, of course, is that so much of what Reconsider is about um, is about pushing back on, um, you know, hyperpartisanship and the damage that it causes. Um, I think one of the damages that hyperpartisanship causes is there are certain things you can't just have an open conversation about. Um, even just, even just like out of, out of like pure curiosity and, you know, and, and like desire to understand people better, um, not even out of desire to necessarily change anything. And so the, the topic I want to talk about today that I've been a little bit afraid to talk about is about gender, ethnicity, and race, and, uh, kind of the fluid definitions we have, or that are, that are kind of like emerging, um, in the 21st century about them. And, um, how much the the like kind of current theory on gender or race may or may not make sense. Um, what I'm going to be doing today is talking through uh, prim- these definitions primarily using the structure of transition, by which I mean, you know, talking about hey, how do we define gender and our, and one's like ability to transition between gender and how do we define race and ethnicity and one's ability to transition between different races and ethnicities. Um, and it's certainly the case, you know, just to, just to put it out there, right? Like the, if you go into, if you go into, you know, kind of mainstream media or mainstream um, academic thinking, you know, there is a, there's, there's a, there's an assumed belief that, um, that that seems very obvious that, you know, regardless of your sex, you can be whatever gender you want. So regardless of your genetic sex, male or female, you can be whatever gender you feel you are. Um, and it doesn't even have to be male or female. It could be other genders all altogether. All um, and there is an equally, there's an, there's a opposite belief, but equally 
seemingly obvious that your race or your ethnic identity is fixed. Um, and it might be based on genetics. I actually don't know. We'll get into that. But it is very fixed. You cannot change it. Um, it is assigned to you externally. Um, and uh, that's just who you are. And regardless of, regardless of how you feel about it. Um, and I find that very, I find that, that, uh, that dichotomy very interesting. Um, and I just want to, I want to piece it together, but I, I want to start with a disclaimer, um, or at least like a little bit of where I'm coming from, not just to keep the hounds off of me. Um, cause I don't know if there's anything I can do to do that, but also just like let people know where I'm coming from as I think about this. Cause, um, I think about this a lot for a couple of reasons. One of them is just, I think it's a really interesting, like really interesting construct, um, but, uh, another one is also, I, I have, um, a number of delightful friends who are trans and my emotional position with them is that I feel very supportive of loving them, um, and supportive of their transition, uh, that their, their transition seems to make sense to my gut in some deep way. Um, such that like, you know, for example, I, I know a trans woman and, and, you know, and part of me goes like, yeah, you know, that's not surprising. That makes sense. And I know someone else who's trans or I'm like, you know, it would, it's surprising to me, but, uh, but that's fine. And they're like super great people. And, and we have a, you know, and, and we have a great relationship. Um, and, uh, I think like all of our conversations about like, they've been really actually wonderful in having some of these conversations with me to help me understand it better. Um, and that's been a great jumping off point for me. And so, like, I think my my first position on people being transgender is, like, you know, you do you. All right? Sounds great. Um, uh, my, other, my other kind of disclaimer is I actually have, like, a pretty underdeveloped political position on transgender um, uh, issues. And, and I generally just stay out of it. Uh, much of the way I do about a lot of social stuff. Um, similarly, like, uh, abortion, like, I'll talk about it a lot, but I have a somewhat underdeveloped political position on it. Um, or maybe like intellectually it's as well developed, but I'm just don't run around screaming about it. I don't know. Um, but I, I, this is another place where I tend to default to like you do you. Um, and thus, you know, I, I tend to politically stay away from restrictions on what people can do with their gender. Um, that tends to be my default. Um, but I also just kind of stay out of the argument. Uh, but my, my, my deeper feeling about all of this is I think the way we argue about this stuff is totally counter, like unproductive and counterproductive and drives me batty. So disclaimers aside, here's like my big confession I'm afraid of. I cannot understand through many, many conversations with like really smart people. Um, I cannot understand why being transgender is totally a real thing that is like unassailably obvious and being transracial or trans ethnic is definitely not possible and is like unassailably obviously not real um i don't know why one of these is so obviously true one of these is so obviously not true and nobody's been able to explain it to me in a way that satisfied me um and i won't name any names in this but nobody's been able to explain the difference to me in a way that satisfies themselves they just know it's true the reason i don't like that is that it would demonstrate to me that like if if most people who hold those two beliefs that I just outlined, if they can't explain to them to themselves in a way that is like deeply logically satisfactory, like why one of these why being transgender is obviously unassailably a thing and being transracial is obviously not a thing, um, if you can't if you can't explain it to yourself, then why do you believe it in the first? Like why do you hold those two beliefs in the first place? Is it just because everyone around you does? Now maybe that's not true. Maybe there's something just like more 
kind of like fundamentally deep um, in us about uh, where where like we kind of have this intuitive sense of gender versus race that Eric here in his logic brain doesn't. Um, I don't know, but uh, but I'm gonna try to what I'm actually gonna do today uh, after throwing up my hands after a lot of these again like very interesting conversations they've all been very amicable everyone knows that I'm coming out of like to it from a place of like trying to be intellectually honest and understand people better um, I've been like throwing up my hands but what I want to do today is um, uh, provide my own like framework of thought here and see if it either helps any of you or even better someone could write to me and say Eric you dumb dumb here's the difference I'm like super into I, I believe that there's someone out there that can explain the difference and that would be very intellectually satisfying for me and also like resolve me a lot of this angst and also I'd love to share all of it with you and until we get that answer, if you don't have that satisfying answer in your mind, maybe that's something you think about. So fun aside on this is this all came roaring back to me when I was reading Neil Stevenson's Cryptonomicon, great book. Um, Stevenson spends a few pages trying to dunk on cultural leftists at the time of the 90s. Um, and interestingly, one of his straw men was this transnational, trans-ethnic, transgender, trans-everything woman. She was the, um, uh, she was the, the secretary for the, or the EA for the, the main characters who were a bunch of, like, male nerds, right? Stevenson just, a just, a, just seems like an old nerd dude, and that's kind of his world. But, um, but what's interesting is he was dunking on um, this woman who was meant to be like a kind of reflective of Silicon Valley at the time of like leftism at the time that like she was trans everything, right? I think trans religious as well, right? Like not able to be pinned down to one thing kind of above all of these um, was, was like, and, and this is what I remember the nineties left being like as well. Like, like humans are bigger than these categories. Humans are bigger than these boxes that you could put them in. I'm bigger than this box that you could put me in. Just calling me, you know, whatever my ethnicity is, is like, is your arbitrary social construct. I want nothing to do with it. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know how true that notion of the 90s is, but like there was definitely this sense that like it was interesting that Stevens had put like transgender, transethnic, transnational, trans everything all in the same sentence because I think reading it back in the 90s, like you'd either you'd either like kind of chuckle at all that or you'd be like, that's kind of cool, right? Like you're 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 um transcending, right? I think it's a big part of what trans is about. Like you're transcending these boxes. And um, yeah, and I think that uh, I think that what is interesting about how that is different now is that if people say I'm transracial or I'm transethnic, that's not okay, right? So transgender is a thing. Transethnic, transracial is not okay, and it's not a thing. Um, and there's a few like really high-profile examples of this. Um, generally, it was people who are white pass trying to pass as people who are not white. Um, and so Jessica Krug of George Washington University, she was a professor of black studies. She was a, a however you define white person passing as black. Um, again, I don't even know how exactly these folks are defined as white. Um, I, I guess I assume it's pure, ethnic, or pure genetics, but I don't know. Um, there's Rachel Dolezal. Uh, she was the head of the Spokane NAACP. She was a, again, apparently white person passing as black. And C.V. Vitolo Haddad, uh, who their gender seems to be they, 
um, lost their tenure track position as a professor when it was found out that they were white um, instead of black. They all lost their careers. They all apologized publicly and vehemently when they found out that they were not actually black. Again, I'm assuming genetically here, but I don't actually know. Nobody's able to tell me. Um, and uh, yeah, and they all lost their careers. They all got destroyed, right? Like being like, like whatever, whenever, however society assigns you as white, like if you decide you're not white, it's not okay. You have to be white. So, so like I'm, that's something I'm like not willing to, to argue about is, is like the fact that the thing, the thing I know is true is that generally society is not going to let you be, um, transracial, especially for white. Um, and generally this is the same group of folks, you know, kind of mainstream media and, um, academia that, uh, say, you know, it doesn't matter what sex you're born into or what gender you're assigned at birth. You could be whatever gender feels right to you. They're saying you cannot be whatever race or ethnicity feels right to you. You have to be the one we assign you. So that's, that, that's, I'm kind of painting the difference here is we have these high, uh, high profile examples of people who tried to be transracial, transethnic, and it was super not okay. Um, so we have to look at like, why would, why would people say you can't be transracial? And I actually haven't seen any arguments for it. It's, it's, I've tried to do a lot of research on this and it's just like assumed. It's just assumed. It's just assumed that you can't be, if you're white, you're white. And, and again, I don't even know what white means in this case. We'll get into that. Um, because I know whiteness is a social construct. If you look up whiteness as a social construct, there's a lot in academia about how whiteness is totally a social construct. But if you're white, you're white. Um, and so uh, the only things I can like kind of piece together as I'm looking through about uh, being transracial not being okay is that one, a white people, a white person can't understand the experience of a black person in America, no matter what they look like. So even if you look black, you can't understand what it's like to be black in America. Okay, sure, but I think some women make that argument about trans trans women. Um, being black or brown in America is an underclass that should just be eliminated, so we should be trying to get rid of these um, uh, ethnic uh, and racial definitions, whereas, like, gender, there will always be a thing. You're like, okay, maybe. Um, uh, yeah, maybe that's true, but, like, why aren't we... Why not also get rid of gender? Because, like, women are definitely an underclass in terms of gender, um, like how does that not also could basically the question I'm asking is like, do all these arguments not also apply to gender? Right. And so, you know, being a woman has been an underclass in America and presumably, you know, as, if, as I understand it, like if you can be whatever gender you want, like the social construct of gender is just kind of being destroyed anyway. Um, and yeah, there's also like a historical component. The third argument I've kind of seen is there's an historical component to race that's undermined by a white person claiming to be black or brown. Um, where like, you know, where the, where black, black people were held in slavery. Now there are of course other races and ethnicities. Um, but, but that like this historical component, uh, means that like historically race is a clear thing and like kind of how you shook out and how you were born really does define that in society and it's unchangeable. But again, I just don't see the difference. Like why, like women were also politically different, right? They didn't have the same rights for a long time. Um, they were basically property for a long time. So does this also not apply to women? I don't know. Um, and yeah, generally, like I've asked a lot of folks like, hey, why can't I be transracial? Why can't I be black? And every argument I've heard, I said like, doesn't that also apply to why, wouldn't that also 
apply to me becoming a woman. Um, and, and of course there are some people, you know, there's some people who are generally just against the whole trans thing. Um, they're like, you know, you're born with whatever you're born with and, you know, there shouldn't be 72 genders or whatever. Uh, but I also know that like that the, the arguments, like some of the arguments I've heard of, you know, white people will never be able to understand the experience historically or currently of black people and therefore being transracial doesn't make sense. Some women use that to make the case that, uh, trans women aren't real women. Um, I, again, I'm, I'm not taking a position on this, but I've, I've heard this, um, there's something called TERFs. Uh, I think it's trans exclusionary radical females. I don't understand it all that well. I don't think everyone against or everyone who doesn't believe that trans women are the same as bio, as cis women are TERFs. I don't know. I'm just saying I've kind of like seen the edges of this and and my understanding there is limited. Um, but I did I did read a thing that I found very interesting. So as an example, right? So. Assuming that we agree trans women are women, then like childbirth, gynecological stuff, abortion, they're not women's health issues anymore, right? Because a woman can be biologically anything, right? And so, and so, you know, gynecological, if we're calling you a woman, regardless of your biology, then like gynecological stuff and childbirth isn't women's health. It's biologically female health, right? If we're just being definitionally complete, Right, abortion then isn't a woman's issue; it's a biologically female issue because it has nothing to do with your gender. It has everything to do with just what biological component. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, in general, I think it's actually a bizarre oversight not to have different words for gender and sex if we're trying to disaggregate the two. Because, um, like... You know, when you talk about women's health, are you talking about biological women's health or just gender women's health? Because as far as I understand, there's no such thing as gender women's health because the biology is so different between cis women and trans women. But look, I don't know. Nobody put me in charge. So, um, and I think maybe this is where some women don't like having trans women, quote, quote in the group with women, um, regardless of where they pee. But like, you know, because I, I think that probably most people can get over that. I, I don't think anyone cares all that much, but because like there's a lot of stuff about being biologically female that trans women don't and never can understand, right? Again, like childbirth um, or abortions or pap smears, right? And so like, and what, if anything, does that mean, right? What does it mean that like trans women can't understand like some of the things that are biologically similar for cis women? I don't know, but I think the, pretending there isn't a gap in life experience there is like ignoring something and probably makes the argument harder. Like, how do we address head on the fact that trans women and cis women don't have 
like these very like don't share these like very core experiences that like conventionally have been very core to being a woman. And why am I bringing this up now? Because it feels like one of those things where where you know if what we're saying is like let's like if we like think about some of the arguments about or the, the implied arguments about like why someone can't who like passes as black or looks black can't be black you know i think a lot of the arguments are like you can't possibly understand you as a as a white person can't possibly understand the experience of a black person in america and i think like we know certainly that because of the genetic differences or the biological differences and a lot of like the in particular like healthcare stuff or like having a baby that is different like we know that trans women can't experience that and so like Surely the, surely the person arguing that a white person can't understand the experience of a black person, therefore can't be black, isn't also making the argument that someone born biologically male can't understand the experience of someone biologically female and therefore can't be female because I know they don't believe that. And so what is the, case, what is the thing they're really trying to say? I don't know. But um, my logic brain says, like, it seems like these two things are largely – like transgenderism and transracialism are largely the same. Um, or at least like the, 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 the way to think about both of them. Like if I was making a, if I was like writing a theory paper for, you know, a class about like, I think transracialism should totally be a thing. If I was trying to make that argument, which again, I'm not, I'm just kind of curious here. Um, I might, I might say it's kind of like this, right? One, both race and gender are ultimately social constructs, right? Like a lot has been written about whiteness and not whiteness being a social construct, um, Certain groups of people have moved into being white, um, which seems like a, you know, like, like in the history of whiteness, which is a popular book among the left right now, right? Like Italians used to not be considered white, right? They were swarthy or, or whatever the term is. Um, they were too dark to be considered white. Um, or like Jews were not considered white. Maybe sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't. But like that sounds like a kind of historical trans, you know, trans ethnism or trans racialism to me. Um, and so like, we know that whiteness has been a bit of a flexible concept over time. And, you know, we know that, uh, you know, I, I know that, that we also like talk about, for example, like Hispanic, like I still don't quite understand the difference. I mean, my, uh, some of my Mexican friends don't understand the difference. Like when they're trying to fill out something where they're like, what's your race? And then also, are you Hispanic? They're like, wait, I'm Hispanic. And what's quite the difference between the Hispanic and Latino. I don't think everyone understands, even if they are Hispanic and or Latino. Um, but, you know, like you could be Hispanic and also white. And what does that mean? Is that, and in what way is that different from being Hispanic, not white or non-Hispanic white? And uh, yeah, and if you're like, is it just the color of your skin at that point? I don't know. Uh, but ultimately, like at that point, you know, is being white a genetic thing or not? Right? Or is it just kind of how you look? Is it just kind of how society treats you based on how you look? And if that's the case, well, for you know, you'd think you'd think you could change that and then look different and have society treat you differently. Just like a lot of people, if they, you know, if they realize or or they decide they're gonna do a physical transition, right? And they like choose to wear different clothes and do their makeup differently and even get surgery, they could look differently. Right, and society used to treat them like a woman, and now treats them like a man. Right, and why couldn't you do that with race? I don't know. Um, it's also the case that both of these are based on genetic differences. Right, sex is a stronger and clearer genetic difference than ethnicity or race. Right, Y chromosome, X chromosome. Right, um, and ethnicity and race are not necessarily genetic, where sex is. 
Um, but we know that there's genetic differences, right? Like I look white because I have like certain genes, right? I have, I have blondish hair, I have blue eyes, pale ass skin, right? I'm very, I'm very white. I wouldn't pass for anything else. Um, just ge- similarly, someone could tell I'm a man largely because of my genetics. Um, I'm sure I could dress differently in a way that might make people think I look a little bit different, but, um, or that, yeah, but it'd be hard for me without a lot of work to pass as a woman. Right, so there's genetic components to this. There are biological expressions of of these thing, concepts that we have, and and they're based on genetics. Um, and the genetic difference between genetically male and genetically female is much clearer and much more obvious, um, and much like and and like much more biologically necessary than the difference between races. Right, like races race is like a totally made up thing. Um, biologically, it doesn't even like kind of make sense as a concept, whereas biologically male and female, where they're two different parts of reproduction, right? Distinct, you know, for, for an evolutionary reason. Um, and so like, why wouldn't ethnicity and race be more fluid? I don't know. Um, you'd think they would be more fluid because they're certainly genetically a lot more fluid. It's hard to draw a line genetically between someone who's like, you know, African versus Arab and, you know, East Asian versus Central Asian. It's not always easy. Um, and, and there are a lot of other places where it's a lot harder. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's, you know, that seems at least similar enough to me. Um, both are generally assigned based on how you look. Um, a lot of it's uh, based on how you dress too, right? So like you can pass as one thing or another by modifying your dress, your makeup. Um, and like concepts like masculine and feminine, like dressing male and female at a certain place at a certain time right there, how you like project being male or female, right? And like, that's the gender part, right? That's the part where you're like, you're choosing in your life. Like, am I projecting masculine or am I projecting feminine to the world? And, and I expect the world to treat me a certain way based on what I'm projecting. And so there are like behavioral patterns. There are things you wear, there's makeup. Um, there's, you know, there's certain things you do. Um, there's certain media is like feminine media versus masculine, not feminist, but like feminine media, like rom-coms are generally more feminine and geared towards women and like action movies are more like more geared towards men. And then similarly, like there are black ways to dress and white ways to dress. Right. And then there are ways to dress that are neither just like, you know, with certain clothing and maybe like, I don't know, like, is there clothing that's more gender neutral jeans and a t-shirt these days? Maybe. But, um, you know, but there's also like media that's more black and there's music that's more black and more white and uh, there's food that's more black and more white. And, um, you know, OK, so so there are so I could like change, you know, to to be more like a woman. I could change how I you know, if I if I discovered I was trans. Right. Which like is not out of the question, but it seems unlikely at this point. Right. If I discovered I was trans, like I would start changing a lot of what I do or at least I would start leaning into as, as from what I understand from friends of mine who are trans, like you lean into more of the stuff that feels more natural to you and you stop suppressing and stop suppressing that and you stop doing all the stuff that you're doing to try to fit into what society told you you're supposed to be, right? And like, you know, could you do that for being black and white as well? I don't see particularly why not. Um, so uh, both, both axes of gender and uh, ethnicity have groups who are on top and groups who are on the bottom it's historically, Right, like women have been have been the the oppressed class in the gender spectrum, and less less white people have been the oppressed class, at least in America, in the ethnic spectrum. Um, and that's been, you know, again, uh, we're talking about certain places, certain times, but um, uh, 
but you know you still have these like classes and uh the the more oppressed class has like you know they're trying to change things um socially in order to uh right those wrongs and and create a more equal world okay great so we those things you know vial on these axes fine um the historical component for both axes of gender and ethnicity slash race are very strong, right? Especially in terms of the historical group oppression by the upper group. So whiteness or maleness against the lower groups. Um, there's a lot of pain associated with that. A lot of work being done um, around that pain. And so, you know, and so like a, and, and I understand this is where, um, uh, what's it called? Yeah, this is where intersectionality comes from in, in uh, kind of more left-leaning social theory. Um where you know where where like if you have if you are a woman and uh, a person of color and let's say like disabled or something like that then like you know the 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 way that you've been oppressed or treated by society now and historically is intersectional these things uh, so cool that makes sense um, both uh, both gender and ethnicity slash race have their own like kind of in groups with their jargon and sense of identity with a well defined out group. Um, so for example, like, you know, like, like there's like boys versus girls thing, right? Like, um, you know, that's, that's been well-defined kind of forever. Um, there's also like, there's also a sense of, you know, like you can do it right and you can do it wrong. Right. What do I mean by that? But like, I know, you know, like friends of mine who are clearly genetically black, who've been called Oreos cause they're like white on the inside, Right. Or like, I think like bananas, like Asian people are, are sometimes called bananas. They're white on the inside. Like, like you, you don't act the right way based on what other people expect of you based on your, your, uh, how they assign or how your ethnic identity or racial identity is assigned to you. Right. So like, so we know that there are certain behaviors associated with being, um, you know, with being a certain race or ethnicity and you can act against those much in the same way that someone could be like more of a, a girly guy or a tomboy, right? So like you can act against those. And so there are ways, there's like certain jargon and certain and certain like kind of like tribal, just like with any tribe, there's like certain ways of like reinforcing your identity as part of that tribe, as part of being a certain ethnicity or identity or, you know, I, I don't even just mean, I keep saying black and white, but it's also like, you know, Italian, right? Or, or Lebanese, like my trainer's Lebanese. He's like, oh yeah, there's like a Lebanese way of doing things. Um, and you're like, okay, great. Right. And, and those cultures are very cool and interesting. And, but there's like, but there's this sense of like, okay, my like ethnic identity, a lot of it is based on certain rituals, certain customs, certain jargon, certain ways of doing things that like other people can identify. Right. Um, like my, my trainer, he drives a BMW and like, you know, people laugh at him because he's Lebanese and drives a BMW. I don't know if this is, if this is conforming with certain stereotypes or breaking certain stereotypes, but it has something to do with the stereotype. Right. Um, and so those are all things that like we, we like kind of, uh, we either carry on, we, we either adopt or buck or ignore, uh, but they're there. Right. And, and finally all of them, um, or maybe not finally, sorry. All of them have, uh, a group of people, right? So like whether you're, when, when you're born, like you are assigned both of these things, right? Or like you don't, you're not inherently these things vis-a-vis -vis society, at least in your own mind, like you pop out and society is like, okay, congratulations, you're a woman and congratulations, you're, you know, you're this ethnicity. And like, this is what's expected of you now. So like both of these have this aspect of like, Hey, deep down, you could do whatever and think whatever and be whatever. But like, you're told, 
you know, because, hey, because you're Arab or because you're Russian or because you're a man, right, this is what's expected of you. Okay, great. Um, and then finally, um, you know, that teaching comes from one's parents, right? Like, what if we all, you know, if you do a ex thought experiment, you kind of like, we all just popped out of, you know, Socrates did this or, or Plato did this in Republic. What if we all just sprouted from the ground? What if we all kind of like forgot our historical memories, right? How would we act? Um, would we even think of race? Would we think of like acting differently based on gender? I don't know. Um, but you could do that thought experiment. How much of this is taught to you by your parents? How much of this is taught to you by society? How much of this is natural? Um, you know, it's interesting. And you might think that there's like probably going to be some behaviors that are natural, more nat more likely, more natural for women and more likely, more natural for men. Um, just based on, you know, we have different hormones pumping around again, it's all on spectrums, but like, you know, but you can have these like bell curves or like, if you took samples, you could, you could say like, yeah, men are a little more likely to do this. Women are a little more likely to do that. I've seen some studies that suggest that it's probably hard to make that case that like biologically, there would be any reason that someone with darker skin or lighter skin would act differently if they hadn't been taught to. So these are the ways that like things seem, things seem like kind of similar. Um, and what's interesting is the racial ethnic differences are the ones that seem like the most unnecessary. They seem the most fluid. They seem the most purely societally driven. Um, they seem to be the most about looking at the past because again, like if you, like if you, let's say you, you had a group of like, uh, aliens, right? And like those aliens started like raising kids, right? Like there'd be no reason to think that like kids of different skin colors would act or hair colors would act differently in any way, right? And so like they would just all transcend their race and ethnicity, whereas like probably men and women would still act somewhat differently from each other and you might get that recoalescing. I don't know. Um, but it, it, you know, so this is not this is not to say like the boundaries, the genetic differences between like being biologically male and female prohibit someone from being transgender. It's more to say like, I actually don't understand what case there is to make that like the boundaries between white and black, for example, or some ethnicity or another are so clear that someone can't transcend those and change those. If like, you know, you've been, you know, if, if that's what feels right to you, not that I'm not that I'm trying to do it myself, but um, I just don't, yeah, I don't see why the one of these is super true. And the one of these is also is super false. Um, and so, yeah, I think, uh, at the end of the day, uh, what I wanted to do as we walk through this is help us think about like, huh, do I have like, what do I, what did I come into this podcast believing? And like, do I have a really good argument to support that again on these two separate axes what's my what's my position on axis one what's my position on axis two do i have a really good argument about why those might be the same or different and um you know and if so if you've got a really good argument oh, by golly eric wants to hear it um because i'd love to and i've tried to like find this and can't and again it may, this may be like the most embarrassing episode i ever do because someone's gonna be like well eric is this i'd be like oh my gosh it's been sitting in front of me the whole time and it's obvious it might be something that's like really subtle and nuanced in more like left-leaning social theory. Um, that's kind of like known among the academic elite, but like everyone else just kind of uh, doesn't, doesn't, you know, like hasn't, hasn't had to grapple with that challenge before. Um, or it's not obvious. And that would be scary because uh, you know, because if it's, if it's not obvious, then like, you know, can we, can we keep holding these positions? If it's not obvious why one should be true and the other should be false, who knows? So 
Um, here's a here's a fun case study for you uh, to think about it as your if I've shaken up your world at all. Um, and again, I'd love everyone to like write in just with their own thoughts as much as they'd like to at Eric E R I K or hosts H O S T S at reconsideredmedia.com. Just want to hear what you have to think because I think like maybe I'll have a fun kind of post episode about it about like hey Eric threw this out in the world and here's what came back and and here's what we learned together right because I'm likely to learn something from this if if people decide to write me. Um, but here's the case study. So if you're genetically white, but you look pretty black and you're raised by a black flame family, are you black or aren't you? And if you're genetically black, but look kind of white and you're raised by a white family, are you black or white? Or can you be either? Right. Or, or can you kind of be both? Um, and do you get to decide, does society decide arbitrarily for you? If different people decide different things, what does that mean about you? Right. Um, like Obama was half black, half white. Like obviously he was the first black president. Very much looked like a, just a light skinned black person. But like when he grew up, you know, he grew up in Hawaii. But like if he grew up a bunch of, you know, more uh, like, you know, had two black parents kind of black people, would he be seen as white in that context? And does that context matter? And who decides? Right. That's really the thing I want to know. Who decides? Who decides? Um, and how? And is it consistent? Right? Is there a single obvious definition for what it means to be black, white, or something else? Um, it seems the genetics don't alone define it sufficiently well. Um, but it's also the case that, like, if society sees or treats you in a certain way, it doesn't necessarily um, it doesn't necessarily define it as well because all those people who were passing as black were being treated as black. And then when it found out when it came out that I guess they had white parents, so people found out that they were genetically white, they all lost their jobs. Right. And how you feel about it, certainly, you know, again, for for being ethnic, how you feel about it certainly doesn't seem to matter to anyone. Um, Whereas what's interesting is with gender, it's definitely not your genetics. It's definitely not how society sees you. It is about how you feel. Um, Again, at least in this kind of like mainstream media slash academia um, group. So so like what defines um, what defines being black and being white? especially in a way that's so well-defined that you can't transition from one to the other. What is that definition? Write me and tell me that because I want to know. So this is Eric with Reconsider uh, with the scariest episode I've ever done. Uh, For those of you who are not ready to kill me yet, thank you. Uh, But I'm like super curious about this. I'm really excited to see what I'll learn. Um, I hope you guys get to learn something too. Uh, I hope you were able to willing to tolerate this. But um, especially if you walked out of this going like, man, I don't know. Right. If you're walking out of this saying, man, I don't know, like embrace it. Right. Get excited about that fact, because it just means that, like, you're having this moment where you're like you're you're starting to. Questions the wrong word, because it's always like I think it's just been like even the word question has been misused. But like but like challenging stuff that you happen to think is true at a given moment is healthy and good. Right. It's just always good. Um even if you settle back in the same place, it's a great thing. And if you settle back in a scary place, then like that could be scary. But, um, you know, do you end up, uh, you know, is, is, you know, it's, it's a question of it, you're listening to reconsider. If you just wanted to like be in your own bubble, being told what you already thought you'd be in the wrong place. You're in the wrong podcast anyway. So, um, anyway, I hope everyone like enjoyed this. And even if, even if, the answer to you is obvious. And pl- again, please write me. I hope you at least got a chuckle out of this or at least maybe even sympathize a little bit more with people who haven't figured it all out yet. 
Um, so I'll be back with, uh, with what people have to say. I hope to hear from you y'all in the next few weeks. I'll see what I can do for a follow-up episode episode. The more you send me, the more content I've got. So, um, and the more likely you are to, uh, uh, be featured on the show. So with that, I'm going to get out of here. Don't let the pundits do the thinking for you. Pause and reconsider. This is Eric signing off. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.